Hey friends, Rich here from Unseminary. Our podcast today is brought to us by our good friends at CDF Capital. See, your church matters, and so do you. Before Christ ascended to heaven, he commissioned his people to be the conduits of transformation, to share his good news in their homes, in their communities, and to the nations. He established the church as the catalyst for growth and discipleship, and he called you to serve those ends. Your church and your service to it are an incredibly important part of God's story of redemption and transformed lives. It is a necessary part of God's redemptive plan for humanity, his plan A for humanity, and with God there is no plan B. You see, since 1953, CDF Capital has helped church leaders and individuals bring light to the world through stewardship of their capital. But they're so much more than a lender, they are a ministry. However, unlike traditional financial institutions, they do so much more. As a ministry, they win when your objectives line up with their objectives and the kingdom grows. But that's not just through a lending transaction. You see, CDF Capital builds relationships with like-minded church leaders to maximize the capital of their churches and for their churches. Together, when we all partner with the Lord to bring spiritual leadership and financial capital to the church, the results, well, frankly, they're transformational. Join us in this journey of transformation and contact cdf.capital today to learn more about their loan and investment properties. Again, that's cdf.capital today. Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Hey friends, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have decided to tune in. Uh, listen, I'm really excited for today's conversation uh, because it's a great church, but it's also a great church in New Jersey, even though it's South Jersey. Uh, it's not Central Jersey, which just does not exist. And so, uh, you know, and we're already off to the races, just only talking to people in New Jersey. But so excited to have some leaders from Kingsway Church here, Phil Caparelli and George Probasco. Uh, just are fantastic leaders from an incredible church. Uh, they're they're doing some great stuff, uh, both in the you know online world uh, with their church online and a couple physical campuses in South Jersey. They also have this really innovative partnership with Southeastern University in Lakeland, Florida, that we want to drill into and learn more. Uh, Phil is the lead pastor. George is uh, the leader of this school and also one of their campus pastors. Welcome to the show, show, guys. Glad you're here. Yeah, thanks for having us, Rich. Phil, why don't we start with you? Tell us a little bit about, kind of round out the picture, round out the Kingsway picture. What did I miss there? Uh, what, what how, you know, if people were to come to the church this weekend, what would they experience? Talk us through what, you know, give us the Kingsway flavor. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Well, um, our church has been around a while. It started in uh, in Camden, New Jersey um, in mm-hmm. 1925. So we're just a couple of years short of our 100th anniversary. So wow. Long, long history. And ironically enough, uh, they started in a in a grocery store. And you know what mm-hmm. they would do on the weekends is go in and take down all the produce off the shelves, canned goods and um, and set up church. So before we were multi-campus or even knew it was a thing in in our history embedded in the beginning of our church, they were set up and tear down in a grocery store. That's um, amazing. Like they didn't yeah. have it 24 seven. They only had it on Sundays. 
Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. incredible. Wow. Yeah. That's and then amazing. sometime later, a few decades after that, bought a, a purchased a bank in the city of Camden. We have some people in our church that will tell you stories of going to Sunday school in a vault in the bank mm, once they purchased it. Amazing. And then yeah. moved to our current location in Cherry Hill in the seventies. And, uh, and then eight years ago, it'll be eight years this fall that we launched the Glassboro campus that George is the campus pastor at. And, um, that's been going well, been in a bunch of places in the last several years, actually eight locations in the seven plus years. Um, and if people join us on Sunday in person, online, I think one of the one of the hallmarks of our church is, I think, authenticity. Um, we hear that a lot from people. Mm. It's very warm and welcoming. People use those words a lot. And uh, even as they're trying to express uh, the presence of the Lord and how they sense and feel and interact with that. So love it. Our, our heart is for this area, South Jersey. Obviously, we're just 10, 12 miles outside of Philadelphia, too. So consider ourselves a suburb of that city as well. Mm-hmm. Love it. So good. This is going to be a great conversation, particularly around the whole leadership development issue that so many of our churches are uh, are leaning in. And there's a lot I want to talk about. I want to make sure we, uh, we, we talk to folks. But George, why don't we start with you? It seems like so many churches struggle with developing leaders who are not staff. In fact, recently I was talking to a church, uh, a senior pastor, a lead pastor at a church who kind of challenged his team. He gathered them together. And this is a fairly, you know, thousand person, 1500 person church that challenges leaders to get together and, and ask his staff, hey, like how many of you lead volunteers who lead other volunteers? And uh, it was single digit. It ended up being, there was just a few of these people in our churches. And man, that just seems to be such a, a uh, an issue. Uh, talk to us about this issue, George. Why is this such a critical issue for us as church leaders to be thinking about? Yeah, I think it's uh, important for several reasons. And by the way, um, you know, all credit to Pastor Phil here, because what you see and what you're going to get from uh, from this is exactly what I've been um, learning from him over the years. Now, I've been saved nice. and, and new in my faith for about eight years, and uh, Pastor Phil's always been there every step of the way. And so um, what you hear is a little bit uh Pastor, it's going to be from Pastor Phil. So uh, <laughs> I, I want to it. say, I want to say Ephesians four, man. When we don't uh, do Ephesians four eleven through sixteen, we are violating the scriptures. And I think so many churches, and this is uh, pertaining to New Jersey, um, you know, specifically in the Assemblies of God and in our network or our fellowship, mm-hmm. is that uh, pulpits are emptying faster than we can fill them, and um, mm. that's an unfortunate reality. And I think. Uh, if I just had to draw conclusions over the years, it's because we violated simply Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. Mm. We have not raised up leaders um, because pastors, you know, um, probably themselves or only had a select or a small team to do the actual work of the ministry and they were doing it themselves. And so it's critical because, you know, we have churches with empty pulpits now mm-hmm. and uh, we have empty positions and, uh, mm-hmm. And there's a there's a serious need in the in in these communities uh, for pastors and ministry leaders mm-hmm. to uh, mm-hmm. preach the gospel. So, yeah, right. Phil, why are church leaders? Why are we tempted to not develop leaders? Like, why? You know, why do we not do that? Like, it seems because Ephesians four is it is very clear. It's not it's not like debatable. You can't be like, oh, like I wonder what we're supposed to do. It's like pretty clear. But what's the what's yeah. the temptation? Why do you think we're we're tempted to not develop leaders? Well, I think part of it is um, not knowing how to craft the ask. For one, you know, mm, does it look oh, like if 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 I'm a pastor or I'm a ministry leader or director on a staff on a staff team at a church. Um, there's a little bit of that sense of responsibility. Why well, I was hired to do this. This was this is my job. Mm. 
job. Here's my job description mm-hmm. with a set list of bullet points that I have to meet some mm-hmm. requirements on. Mm-hmm. And uh, and while that's true, there's a part of all of our responsibilities for those of us that are ministry leaders, pastors, whatever, on staff at churches to to do a part of our job. But we really want to help our our team and other churches as as the Lord allows us to 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 really mm-hmm. shift that in the sense of hey we've got to empower people right back to what you and George just mentioned a moment ago Ephesians four is pretty clear you know that mm-hmm. God gives the gifts to the church so that we can we can pastors evangelists apostles prophets teachers right um, prepare the people for works of service but if you read on and get to verses twelve through sixteen particularly there's a lot of fruit there Paul talks about growth and maturity and building up and edification. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the body is strong and people really find um, their groove. They use the gifts and the skills and the natural aptitudes that God's hardwired into them to be able to um, feel that life giving sense of purpose being part of the body of Christ. So I think it, it goes back to the, the the ability and the awareness to be uh, conscientious of the fact that we have to make an ask. I think it's a little bit too rich of ego that gets in the way of pastors mm-hmm. and ministry leaders mm-hmm. a lot of times. Yeah, that's true. If, if I train somebody else that could do it as well or maybe even better than me, um, am I going to be needed? Is there <laughs> is there a need for my position or for my role? So we've got to always fight and, and, and battle against that, the need to be recognized or to get the pat on the back for it, you know, any kind of recognition. Um, I think one of the greatest, greatest things that we can experience, I know this is true of George, of our other leaders, of myself, I've experienced this, that when you can fan the gift and the flame in somebody else's life and you can watch mm-hmm. them walk in the purpose that God's designed them for, man, it's one of the most rewarding things. And then you realize, oh, no, what Paul is instructing us there is the same thing he told Timothy, right, in 2 Timothy 2.2, what you hear me say in the presence mm-hmm. of others, teach reliable people that can go teach others. So Paul's saying that you can have influence three clicks removed um, and without ever seeing people because mm-hmm. you're passing on what you've been given. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's those couple of things. And then I think it's also there's not there's not many good models. Mm-hmm. And we're certainly far from having it all figured out. We've just been fortunate enough and God's been gracious enough to us to put people in our lives that have just said, hey, come along, shadow me. Let's do mm-hmm. this side by side. We have mm-hmm. a little philosophy amongst our staff that, hey, whenever you're doing anything in ministry, whether you're going to Costco's and picking up supplies, whether you're going on mm-hmm. a hospital visit, you're planning an event, take somebody with you. Let somebody mm-hmm. shadow you and mm-hmm. have conversation. Right. So it's that le- it's dis- discipleships happening, but it's also developing leaders at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. I was thinking it's not lost to me that that there's two of you here today. Uh, I love that you're modeling it even in this conversation. Uh, George, talk me through at Kingsway. Uh, so let's say either you, maybe in your campus specifically, or on a team in your, you know, in your campus, you, you see one of those people who are like, okay, that person's got some potential. How do you begin? What is the conversation? What's the platform? What's the ask for trying to move those people towards uh, leading? What does that look like, George? Yeah. So one of the things that uh, that I specifically do is I try to lead through my staff. So um, they are really the ones having the conversations or I am, if if I'm approaching an individual in the church that I feel has leadership potential, um, what I'm doing is shoulder tapping them and then connecting them with somebody from our our team specifically. And so uh, Mm -hmm. one of the programs that we launched um, this year, relaunched that, I Mm -hmm. should say, Pastor Phil can go in a little bit more about that would be leader track. And that's Mm -hmm. something that is a great pipeline onboarding ramp for uh, high capacity volunteers within the church context as far as uh, uh, that that perspective is concerned. And um, that is a little bit less skin in the game as far as uh, mm. fulfilling an academic requirement through our partnership mm. with SCU. So. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Phil, do you want to tell us about leader track kind of unpack that? What does that look like? How do we talk to that? You know, what's covered there? How, how does that fit? How does that work? Yeah. Yeah. It had its genesis in about 2015. So we're going back a few years, mm-hmm. actually George mm-hmm. and about 13 others were the pilot of that. And we just put together um, what was then leader step, which was really out of our assimilation and what is our growth track process. People were going through that. They were doing everything we were asking of them to move in their journey, in their faith mm-hmm. and, you know, being involved in the life of the church, being connected in a small group we call life groups, being, being on a ministry team. But then we had a handful of people come up to us and George was one of them then that said, Hey, I, I'm, I'm, in, but I feel like God has something else for me to develop. I feel like I can lead others. I feel like I want to learn more. I want to lead better. And so after several of those conversations, it was enough at the time, our lead team for us to realize, hey, we should probably lean into this a little bit more and and do something a little bit more deliberate in training um, high capacity volunteers that can really step into some ministry roles, but really fulfill um, what they're sensing in their hearts. And, and let's let's do that. You know, let's go back to Ephesians four. So we started doing that. We did it for several years and and uh, took about 70 uh, ish people through that. Mm. And we were watching just the fruit of that, which was spectacular because people mm. were owning their part of ministry. They were owning their they were er- owning that idea of growing their influence in their homes, in their families, on their jobs. Mm. I mean, some of the stories that were outside the walls of the church were incredible of mm. how God was working in people's lives. And then um, from that, we, we launched a year long program that was very intense that we just called Protege, like some others have named it and uh, that discipleship program. And then out of that was birthed the, the leadership school, Kingsway Leadership School. But um, even even though we're in our, I think, sixth year now of, uh, of the school, we realized that, hey, there are going to be people that are, aren't going to be preparing for full time ministry or don't need mm-hmm. a degree or aren't interested mm-hmm. in that level of commitment. So we've mm-hmm. got to bring this leader step back that was on hiatus for a little while. And we just thought, hey, it, it really is a track for leadership development and potentially mm-hmm. not just leading as a volunteer, but if people are wrestling with a full time call to vocational ministry, um, leader track can help begin to allow them to explore that. So we mm-hmm. just relaunched it this past fall. We named it instead of leader step leader track this time. And mm-hmm. uh, it's a 10 week commitment. In fact, to pilot it or repilot it, we took our, our Kingsway leadership school students through it in their fall semester, asked mm-hmm. them for feedback, asked them to speak to it. What do you love? What do you not like? What do you need more of? What, what could we take away? And then we um, we made an invite of um, we're hoping to take 40 people through it this year. And we just finished mm-hmm. a 10 week uh, cohort of 22 of them um, that are already leading in many areas of, the, of our church. Some of our pastors mm-hmm. and ministry directors have already made specific asks of them um, mm-hmm. in, in you know worship and student ministry, children's ministry, whatever else. And now the responsibility is on our, our staff to um, meet back up with those people that have gone through it and continue to make an ongoing investment into them. And so some of the early fruit we're seeing is um, relationships that are being forged, uh, Rich, in mm. some incredible ways as well. But people really leaning into it. We're getting reports similar to what it was in the past of people applying the principles at work. I mean, some of these people mm. lead in high level roles in their jobs, entrepreneurs, in business, whatever it is education. And they're taking some of the principles from the word of God on character mm. development and personal mission statement and leading healthy teams and implementing that. And they're coming back and saying things like this, Hey, this works. And we're like, yes, of course it does. You know, that's <laughs> incredible. It. So it's, yeah, it's yeah. been fun to really watch that. And it just, it just continues to ignite that fire in us to go, man, this is what we as ministry leaders, as pastors are called to do. And we shouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised of the fruit that Paul promised in the word. Yeah, I love that. Uh, you know, one of the interesting things is I saw a stat recently. I think it was 
three quarters, I think it was like 76% of this is marketplace leaders who are already managers. So they're already leading people say they have never received any training to be a manager, Mm. which is fascinating. And so you can see why as a church, if we step in and provide some leadership, that doesn't surprise me at all. You step in and provide some leadership training, man, it makes a huge difference in, in people's lives. Sticking with you, Phil, how do you balance out the, um, like the in-class something like leader track with the practicality of leading in context that, you know, the being with people, the two by two, how do those two balance out together? I sometimes feel like we're tempted by classes like this. We're tempted by like, hey, all we need is another curriculum when clearly, obviously, you know, it's more than that. Mm-hmm. Balance that out. How does that work out for you guys at, at Kingsway? Yeah, well, and George kind of alluded to it a few moments ago. One of the things that we do is we, we want it to be by invitation. So um, mm. until a couple of months ago, during a vision, a recent vision series, we hadn't really talked about leader track. Our, our church knows about Kingsway Leadership School, of course, but right. leader track has always been this shoulder tap, this personal invite from a ministry leader, because we wanted to make sure that these people were already they're, they already have a lot of skin in the game. They're already mm. leading. Many of them are re- leading really well. And we've identified our teams mm-hmm. identified in them the potential to to take on more and to and to mm-hmm. grow their influence by leading people. Uh, one of the gaps that we noticed, Rich, in our church was between staff and ministry leaders and others that have led others is this this group of leaders of leaders. How could we get somebody to coach mm-hmm. others? Uh, we mm-hmm. don't use this term, but it would be like a team captain, really, where where they're investing themselves into others um, from a volunteer standpoint, which could potentially be a base for us to hire potential staff someday. That's always a thing that we're keeping in mind, but it's not the desired or uh, intended end result. So watching people already serve, they're already in, in involved um, and embedded into the life of the church. This is stuff mm-hmm. that we're seeing on display in who they are and how, mm-hmm. how consistent they're um, involved in, in the life of the church. And then coming alongside of them and going, hey, the content that we provided, uh, a lot of, we make it very interactive. We don't want to just get up and lecture. They can get the information anywhere. We've just tried to do our best to contextualize it and then create, even within that large group of the 22 we took through it, um, we put them around small tables and half of the mm. evening, half of the three hours we were together was them building community. And we didn't ask any of them to do this, but one of the neat things that happened out of that, Rich, was very early on, they started exchanging uh, numbers together. They were in text threads. Mm. They were, I heard yeah, from some great. that I'm close to, hey, we're, we're exchanging prayer requests and so-and-so showed up at my house to encourage me and nothing mm. we ever said. We just, instead of teaching in in rows like a classroom setting we said let's mm-hmm. do it around tables so we can naturally facilitate community and that it kind of called on like wildfire and and expedited a process of us going hey here's some content and curriculum we want to help you with and if you'll mm-hmm. learn to lead yourself well you're going to be able to lead others just as well yeah i love it yeah and i i do think this whole leader of leaders issue man there's so many of our churches we we struggle with this we we're looking for people to just do stuff for us if i can be too if i can be a little too pointed we're looking for people who just if you could just stand here and hand out these programs or you could just you know help in kids ministry as opposed to man i want you to lead a group of leaders to make a difference um george let's talk about the kingsway leadership school uh let's talk through this uh give us a so give us a sense of you know kind of what is offered through that? How does it work? How is it partnership? Kind of give us an overview and then let's dig into it. So give us an overview there, George. Yeah. So we're going into our seventh year come uh, comes fall. 
So we've learned a ton over the years, Rich. I mean, mm-hmm. a ton. Uh, we had to add and uh, bring in some values for our students because we just our culture was just all over the place. And that's one of the things that I would just say strongly is that we have to when you're developing a leadership uh, culture in your church, you need to have strong values, uh, mm. whether it be church values or if you have like a program that you're taking your your students through, you have to have values. So that's mm-hmm. one of the things that we uh, instituted. But an overview: we offer 15 degrees uh, in partnership with South. Eastern University. Uh, Five of those are which are master's degrees. And so students are able to come uh, for leadership development within the church. So we don't teach any uh, SU academic accredited courses here in the church. That is all Mm -hmm. online only. What we do is we come alongside of Southeastern University and we're uh, developing uh, the students' heart and hands. And so we like to break Mm -hmm. it down into three categories, heart, head, and hand. So the head component would be SEU's partnership with us. Uh, The heart component is leadership development, character development. That's actually what our pastoral staff and and leaders are actually doing uh, Mm -hmm. in our students and developing in our students. And then we love to develop our students' hands and that's through ministry practicum. So the cool mm-hmm. thing about Southeastern's partnership, if you're at extension site, is every college student gets uh, college credits through something called practicum. That is an actual mm. college level course through Southeastern University. And if you're uh, a bachelor uh, degree student or looking to acquire your bachelor degree, that's 24 mm-hmm. college credits that a student can earn uh, through ministry practicum. So what that means is if they're serving in their local church, working with under a ministry leader, shadowing them, um, really learning from them, they are logging what they are doing in the ministry and they're getting college cr- uh, credits for that. So that's a big deal. So uh, long the days are over, I would say, uh, with students going away to college, especially ministry mm-hmm. students, uh, mm-hmm. not being developed, rather they're just getting all head knowledge and then no practical ministry experience. So mm-hmm. um, we're looking to really, again, meet that need where we can provide an academic uh, degree for our students, but also train them up uh, and and give them practical ministry experience. Hmm. Now, so talk to me through, uh, you know, so SEU is a fantastic school, very innovative. This is not a they're a great school. I love those guys. They're good people. So there's no negative in all of this, but why the partnership with them? What, what about them specifically? You would say, Hey, uh, you know, they're good people to work with. Phil, why don't you take this? What, what was, you know, kind of what drew you to a partnership with them? Why has that been a great connection? How does that, how has that been for you guys? Yeah, we, um, we, we early on, as we were um, going through what I mentioned earlier, protege rich, which was developed out of what leader track was the first time our first iteration mm-hmm. of it we had come into contact with a couple people three or four actually that said hey you should look into seu they're making um college education really affordable and mm-hmm. i was um i was really excited about that because i've, I've always i've always felt like there's been these two sides of it and ne- neither one really fully met the um the requirements of what it would look like for people that especially wanted to pursue full-time vocational ministry. And what I mean by that is we had people that would have a lot of experience in, in church culture, but we're missing mm-hmm. that educational, the theology, the doctrine, understanding of the mm-hmm. scriptures and that the, the formal education there. And then there were other people to George's point a moment ago, Rich, that were coming out of Bible colleges with almost you know, zero, zero ministry, practical ministry experience. So when we heard of the partnership with SEU, we did some exploration, we connected with them on some calls and had them come up and visit us. And, and the fact that they could package that and a student would never have to leave Jersey and stay involved Mm -hmm. in their local church, do it very affordable for less than a third of the cost. There were a lot of, um, 
very obvious pros to that. And we said, all right, well, let's let's dig into that a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And as we did, we realized that we can bring really the, the crux of the discipleship and and they can they can get an idea of what it means to here's what a follower of Christ looks like as they're growing, mm -hmm. as they're learning to lead, as they're pursuing potentially vocational ministry. Um, and it, it very quickly became appealing. It's funny, which about half of our student body through the last six plus years has not even been within our own church. It was other churches that kids were coming out of youth ministry, other oh, adults really? that Interesting. were serving okay. because it allowed pastors were interested because they're like, wait a second, guys, you mean my, my this person from my church doesn't need to go down to Florida for four years? Like, no, no, they can mm -hmm. stay involved in your church. We'll do mm -hmm. the discipleship part. You offer the practicum and SEU. So then it was like this three-headed partnership. Oh, um, and that's that really cool. to a lot of people, you know, and 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 I think the fact, especially in this day and age where, where you don't have to go away and it's going to cut the cost down again into less than a third that there's a there's obviously an, an appealing uh, nature to that um, but the fact that they cannot just get practical ministry experience but stay in that church which they're a part of perhaps even grown up in um, really continues to benefit and feed that and strengthen the local church yeah that's that's fantastic love it so uh, so good George give me a sense of the kind of weekend week out for a student you know that's engaging what does that look like? How do they, you know, how do they connect with, with, with you guys? What's that all again? Kind of give us it from, from their perspective. What does that look like when, you know, when they're in class or what, I don't even sure the language you use sure. when they're, you know, when they're engaged, what's that look like? Yeah, sure. So students gather on Wednesday evenings from six to nine. We'll feed our mm -hmm. students. Uh, a lot of them have uh, jobs, full-time jobs. So they're doing mm -hmm. other things. Um, and mm -hmm. that's another thing about uh, Southeastern is that it is affordable and students are able mm -hmm. to work a part-time job or work full-time and almost nearly knock out their their, their student debt right away. So, um, oh, so a lot of them are coming in uh, from six to nine. And then what we'll do is we'll, we'll do some leadership development. We'll have chapel and then we'll do some uh, character development as well with them. And then mm. Sundays is an all hands on deck ministry day. So we are exposing mm -hmm. them to, to ministry. And uh, we take our year one students through a kind of a general practicum is what we call it. And we rotate them through all the various ministries here at, a, at the local mm. church. And we're teaching them and giving them a, a well-rounded exposure to uh, Kingsway Church men. So it's not the end all be all, but it's just the way how we do it in our context. And so they're working with different ministry leaders and they're being exposed to those ministries. And, and a lot of this is, uh, and I say, and I highly recommend that because what it does is it's going to build some character for students mm -hmm. that just want to get up on a platform and, and start speaking. Well, we know that that's not realistic. And mm -hmm. so uh, we're going to throw them in the kids ministry. We're going to throw them in, uh, you know, around teenagers or, you know, we're going to really help build that character within them. Um, mm -hmm because that's just what we do. And then mm -hmm. uh, for year two, three, and four, what we do is um, we take our students and we allow them to choose their ministry focus. And so okay. we'll, we'll get around our, um, our practicum leaders. So one of them being our, our youth pastor. And uh, mm -hmm. if, if a student's interested in that, that uh, our youth pastor becomes responsible for that student. And so mm -hmm. literally they have their own curriculum that they have uh, built to de help develop our students uh, to train them up to be a youth pastor or uh, whatever the gap is. Mm -hmm. Love that. So good. Phil, a part of what you've talked about is this whole vocational ministry push that a part of what, and, and we all know this, right? Like anybody that's, that isn't just heads down in their local, you know, they realize, gosh, there's a giant leadership crisis in every church. I was literally just this week talking to some leaders in a particular movement. They were saying, Hey, we're going to have 1500 pastors retiring. And we all know these statistics, 1500 pastors retiring in the next 10 years. And they're graduating. I think it was eight per year out of their ministry school. So it's like, Hey, this is going to be a problem. We're trying to, you know, so what has that, what's kind of been the out 
put on that side? I know not all of these people are going to end up in vocational ministry, but what has that looked like? What, you know, give us some context on what that looks like, Phil. Yeah, um, some of them, um, it, it really get, it gets interesting, Rich, in the sense of um, placement. One of the things we are very upfront with about students that are inter- interested in the school, in Kingsway Leadership School, is to tell them, hey, there's no guarantee of placement upon graduation, mm-hmm. whether it's two mm-hmm. years, four years, or six years that you're with us. But we're going to mm-hmm. continue to walk alongside of you. And because of you know our network of churches and the connections that we have to a bunch of them, um, we've been able to at, at minimally hook up um, a student that's finishing graduating the program, graduating the school with a degree and whatnot with other local churches and their pastors to at mm-hmm. least entertain a conversation that sometimes right. has even, um, you know, turned into an interview um, or them pursuing, you know, ministry credentials or going down another path, uh, a similar route mm-hmm. to be involved in, in their local church or, or Kingsway, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever the case might be. So um, I think one of the things is always having, keeping that out in front of them, especially for those rich that feel or are sensing and working through a call to vocational missionary, not just mm-hmm. pastoring, but even missionary. Uh, we have a girl coming through our school right now that where well, she just finished up her, her grad degree is our first grad student. Uh, so she's got this master, she's got this, this uh, master of divinity and um, mm-hmm. she's preparing to go to India on a two-year term as a missionary oh, wow. associate. And uh, so that's been a big deal. She got to go on that as a scholarship for being part of the school this past this past fall and just felt a real tug and pull in her heart from the Lord to be there. So she's pursuing that now. And I could certainly see her um, becoming a career missionary. Um, she's There's a strong call in her life for that, but she's really leaned into it. And she's gotten that practicum experience that George just detailed a moment ago with um, one of our pastors who's over uh, missions and has been able to really lean into that, been able to really draw from that. And not just from our pastor that's leading her in that, but the connections that that pastor has as well to some other Mm. pastors, to some other Mm -hmm. missionaries that has opened this girl's scope of potential resource and influence up so she can explore this call. Yeah, this is fantastic. I, I love this. I love what you guys are doing here. I think there's uh, so much for us to learn from and continue to lean in on. George, when you think about um, you know individual students, is there like similar to the student we just heard about? Are there any other stories or kind of insights of like here's kind of how this is working out practically in in someone's life? Yeah, I have a, a student actually. When I transitioned into the campus pastor role in October of 22. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a, uh, a vacant area also I, I've identified in at the campus. And um, oh, okay. so one of our students, one of our students is so high capacity. He actually um, came from another church where he was briefly youth pastoring, but uh, he's now uh, with Kingsway and in, in our program. And part of his practicum, it just so happened to work out where he was going to be coming down to the campus with me uh, this year. Mm-hmm. So now I have him overseeing um, our guest experience teams at, at our campus. And um, so he's responsible for for five teams in particular and caring and pastoring for them. And so that's just providing alongside of his academics, very real, uh, very real experience. And, and the reason why I say that is because these are just some things that textbooks don't train you up on. These are things right. that uh, they don't, they don't tell you how to have hard conversations, <laughs> difficult conversations. You just kind of have to be thrown into that. And there's a lot of coaching with me, me and him, you know, again, it's a lot of one-on-one. So anything that he's doing, we're, we're talking about it afterwards. So mm-hmm. um, that's mm-hmm. where the discipleship comes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And that, that's been my like very similar experience, particularly as people have transitioned into our churches from, um, you know, the marketplace is that there is like, there's the academic side that we can deal with. It's like, okay, you've, you know, you can, you can learn, there's a certain amount of theological stuff you can learn, you can take courses, but there is some, there's real issues around 
how do we help people get the practical insights around, you know, when you're sitting across the table for the first time and someone talks about that they want to leave their spouse, you know, you know, that the first minute of your response there is really important. And, you know, you don't want people being like, "Uh, I don't know, I've never really thought about that before. Mm -hmm. And so what you guys are doing is, you know, in such a supportive environment is, is enabling that kind of thing. I think that's fantastic. Well, Phil, why don't we give you the last word? If I was a, a church leader that was listening in today that was saying, man, uh, I, I think we need to really step up our game on this front. We need to we need to look to grow. What would be some of those first steps that we should take, whether it's leader track or maybe even pursuing something more robust like you know Kingsway Leadership School? What would be some of those first steps that you would encourage uh, leaders to be thinking about today? Yeah, I think I think part of the the first thing a, a leader needs to do uh, is is really look at this is very practical. Look at their calendar and of their week. Let's just call it a forty hour work week as a pastor or mm-hmm. ministry director on staff at a church, and mm-hmm. and ask themselves right now how many hours a week am I giving to intentional mm-hmm. and deliberate leadership development? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that we put in front of our staff it hasn't been a hard and fast rule, but you know, could you take up to a day a week, six to eight hours a week where you're developing mm. others? In other words, our theme this year for our, our team riches, um, our staff is to, I just call it LTO. You're going to lead through others. We have to lead through mm. others. We can't just think, hey, that's a good idea or someday I hope to get to it. No, it's like we have to, right? Some of us are going to be natural just doers all the time. Others of us do have a um, proficiency to develop others, but we have really trying to move our whole staff to thinking, no, I'm here to develop others. I have to lead other people through those that are right in front of me. And so the practical, my first, the first thought again, practical is just looking at the calendar and it's not necessarily a full day. Like I'm just going to pick all oh, Thursdays, the leadership development day, maybe a two hour pocket here and a three hour window there. But what does that look like? And how do I continue to do that to make an intentional investment in other people? Because look, we all know that battle, right? Of, of urgent versus important. But one of the things I've learned in, through ministry in, in my experience, and probably took me a little longer to learn than I care to admit is that you're always going to have the urgent, but if you'll if you'll focus on what's important, right? In this conversation, we're talking about developing leaders of leaders. If you'll give more time to focus on what's important, it will keep some of the urgent at bay. Not all of it. There's always going to be the emergency situations, of course, but part of the urgency that creeps up at times is our lack of being purposeful and intentional in building leaders. Uh, mm-hmm. I think back to Exodus 18, right? This is the first. This is like if this is like the. Um, Old Testament version of Ephesians 4, when when Moses is kind of burnt out, he's judging all the cases and his father-in-law Jethro goes, you can't do this, right? You got to find mm-hmm. some leaders that can lead tens and fifties and hundreds and a thousand. And, and he said at the end of that, and we often overlook this part, he said, if you'll do this, then you'll be able to endure and the people will go home in peace. And I just mm-hmm. thought about that, like longevity in ministry, if, if, if God's call in our life is not just for a season, but it's for of our lives. And, and for those of us that are called to pastoral ministry, um, that man, let's do this well. Let's look to make sure that we endure and we pace well through this and others are going to go home in peace, but there's also tied to that word, a sense of fulfillment in their own lives, you know? And again, kind of back to earlier in the conversation, when you see that life-giving joy come out of others, it adds to your, your sense of, of purpose being fulfilled as well. So I, I think it's, it's as, as, um, as simple even as going, Hey, look at my calendar. How many, how many meetings have I had with other people? Yeah, this so good. Am I grabbing lunch or coffee with anybody and making an intentional investment um, into that time. And then as ministry leaders, right on staff, I would think um, if I'm in the executive pastor role or lead pastor mm-hmm. role or, or on the lead team, what are we doing to train our staff? Mm-hmm. I realize that a large portion of my job, I would, I would, 
I would contend that about 25% of what I do is thinking about how I'm training the staff to lead through mm-hmm. others. Because if I don't train them, if I don't model mm-hmm. it to them, I'm, I'm going to get the same thing from them, right? So it's got to be something mm-hmm. that's real. So where we can invite people, like Paul said, hey, you follow my example as I follow the example mm-hmm. of Christ. And and as we do that, uh, it, it, it catches on. And it takes a little bit of time. Um, and you're mm-hmm. always going to have those uh, on the team or on the staff potentially that are a little intimidated by it. I don't want other mm. people to pick up my bad habits or I'm mm. not quite sure to do this. <laughs> so we just leverage our chapel every week. We have a two hour chapel where we'll worship and pray together. And then the second mm. hour, most of that is training. Um, it's, 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 Hey, let's get into the nuts and bolts. So this was what it looks like, not just philosophically mm. or theoretically to train leaders, but this mm. is how we're going to do it. And then keeping mm. yourself available. I think as, as the point person, or if you're leading a ministry um, to just say, to the rest of your staff or your team or those that report to you, hey, I'm available and I'll continue to help develop you as you mm-hmm. develop others. Mm-hmm. Love it. So good. I really appreciate this conversation today. Guys, this has been super helpful and inspiring. Mm-hmm. Really, really good. George, um, if people want to connect with you, with the church, with uh, you know, to kind of follow along, where do we want to send them online just as we wrap up today's conversation? Yeah, they can uh, email me personally, uh, gprobasco at kingsway.church. Oh, great. Good stuff. And then kingsway.church for everything else if they want to track along. Well, I appreciate you guys being here today. Thanks so much. And uh, always good to talk to leaders from Jersey. So thanks for being here today. Yeah, it was a blast, Rich. Thanks for having us. And thanks for having Thank us, you. Rich. Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.